Who are some Denver Broncos players on the offensive side of the ball who we want to see ball out and really break out during training camp? You get that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. Shout out to all the everydayers out there. Make sure you subscribe or you follow on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast for free. So you never miss out on what's going on with the Denver Broncos, the teams that you love to root for every single Sunday. Not to mention we're here for you every single day, all year long. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. On top of that, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash on today to get started. Hope everybody out there had a very, very happy Father's Day weekend. Sarah went golfing. I, on the other hand, moved into a new place. And if you're a father out there that listens to the show, hope you and your family had a good one. And also a special shout out to all the moms out there in the world who also may do both roles there. So mile high salute, special shout out to all of you in Broncos country. Sarah, the Broncos are off, right? So really the next, I'd say four to five weeks, Everyone's going to be kind of grasping at straws here saying, okay, well, you know, what are we going to talk about? What's, what's going on with this Denver Broncos team and what's going to get us ready for training camp? Well, Broncos fans, we should be covered right here, Lockdown Broncos, because we're going to dive into different things that maybe nobody's talking about. And then we're going to get into training camp position previews that lead us right into the start of training camp in July. So Sarah, offensive players on the the offensive side of the ball that we want to see break out during training camp, not necessarily because of anything they did or didn't do during OTAs or mandatory minicamp, but because we feel like it's important. It's big for the team. And let's start off with who the Broncos invested in this offseason. quarterback. Number two, Jarrett Stidham. Well, Cody, I'm really excited about Jarrett Stidham. And I think almost irrationally. So I know we haven't got a much chance to really talk about it on this podcast, but you mentioned I went golfing on Father's Day. Hence, if you're watching on YouTube, you, you can see the outfit here. I, I'm still in my golf attire. I somehow convinced Cody, I convinced my wife to get into golfing this summer. And so she <laughs> went with me and my kids went with me and it was it's, it's a really good time. But just like I convinced my wife to go golfing and to get into golfing, Sean Payton has convinced me that Jarrett Stidham was the guy that, remember we talked in the offseason about the Broncos really have an opportunity to go after this high upside quarterback, like number former number one overall picks like Sam Darnold. Uh, sorry, Sam Darnold was number three, but you get what I'm saying. A high first round pick, Baker Mayfield, Jameis Winston, all these talented guys were out there in free agency or available some other way. And he picked Jarrett Stidham, a two-year deal worth $10 million, not a small chunk of change for a guy who's barely played in the NFL. I think, I mean, the we'll see. This is one of those things to where, like, I can't wait to hear the daily updates, kind of when you guys are able to share more in terms of, man, Jarrett Stidham was looking really good out there. He hit, you know, he hit this pass and the other to these receivers, and he was he was out there doing some cooking himself with alongside Russ. I don't necessarily want to see a QB competition, Cody, but I do want to see Jarrett Stidham really push Russ with a high level of play that you would expect from a guy who's getting 10 million bucks. 
Well, you know what? Last year at training camp, Denver had Josh Johnson in. They had Brett Rippon in as well. So for us, we're sitting there, okay, there is a little bit of a competition going on for quarterback number three. Well, right now, Denver's got four quarterbacks on the roster, not named Russ. You know, obviously there's Russ. There's who we're talking about, Jared Sidham. But then there's Ben DiNucci and there's Jarrett Gorantano. And ideally, I imagine with the new NFL rule change, being able to have another quarterback on the roster on game day without impacting maybe a roster spot, I do think we will see for Denver, they'll carry three quarterbacks on the roster, the active roster in the regular season. However, in terms of the focus on Jared Stidham, why do we want to see him break out at training camp? Sarah, I'll kind of say it's simple. When you look at it, you make an investment in a backup quarterback. Look, you have to have a good one in the NFL. You never hope, right? And, and I think this is the foundation of every NFL team, at least every good NFL team. You hope that you never, ever, ever have to turn to your backup quarterback because that either means that your starting quarterback is bad or your starting quarterback is injured. Both those things you don't want to have happen as a franchise because then that throws you know a whole nother wrench into the plans of, okay, what do we do in free agency? What do we do in the NFL draft? Denver's been there quite some time, and I, I know you and I, we're tired of covering quarterback carousels. Luckily, hopefully, Russ turns things around. But you want to see why, like you want to see him come in and you want to see him play effectively, right? Because I think ultimately, if Russ goes down with an injury at any point this season, or let's say he just doesn't play well, you need a guy that's going to come in and play well, regardless. And look, I get it. The expectations, okay, well, he's a backup quarterback. If he's not good enough to start, then you know how good is he going to do if he gets put in a game? We've seen different quarterbacks around the NFL in situations. I mean, look at Chase Daniel and some of the situations he's had in his career. Chad Henney was a great example. When Patrick Mahomes has ever went down, Chad Henney came in and played well. Denver needs Jarrett Stidham to really go out there and training camp and say, hey, I'm legitimately quarterback number two. It's not even a competition. I'm not worried about Ben DiNucci. I'm not worried about Jarrett Guarantano. Jarrett Stidham is here to stay. And that, that's what he has to go out there and he has to do. That's what I'm looking forward to seeing, hopefully. And take every ranking you see in the offseason with a grain of salt, right? It's ranking yes. season. It's list Sean season. Payton hates, he hates ranks. He does. He does. And I think that that's valid, too. I mean, there's it's so subjective. It's they're They're put out there for people to argue with. So if you ever see me publish something on a ranking or a list, it's for people to debate and to argue about. It's not a definitive thing. But I found it interesting. Chris Sims, he put out his QB rankings, top 40 QBs in the league. And he actually had Stidham ranked number 32 overall, which, of course, again, we bring up the fact it's a small sample size. But QBs and people who know QBs seem to really like Jarrett Stidham, Cody. I, I was listening to some stuff earlier in the offseason from Peter King, Mike Florio, guys over there at NBC who work, uh, you know, not necessarily always directly with Chris Sims, but they work alongside him and. Those guys all seem to think this was unanimous, whether I heard it from Peter King, whether I heard it from Florio or Sims, they all seem to think based on their connections that Sean Payton loves this guy and is as legitimately serious when he says he can be a starter in this league. He's on the right trajectory. He's on the you know, he, he could be a, a top guy. So I think he's serious about that. And because he's serious about that, it applies a different level of pressure to Russ that it wasn't always there in Seattle, right? He never really had that high-profile backup. Other than, uh, obviously, Geno Smith played really well last year. But before last year, what was Geno Smith? He was a former draft bust, quite frankly. Uh, people thought that he was kind of, you know, with the Jets basically leading the league in interceptions. He was not He was not a guy. He was Phillip Rivers' backup for a year or two in in you know, San Diego when they were still the San Diego Chargers. It took Tarveris Jackson before that. He said 
he has not had high-profile backups to really push him. It's always been his job. Now you've got a guy who the coach is hyping up, and we want to see that hype backed up with on-field play. He can't be going out there every day and throwing picks. He, like you said, Cody, you want to be able to have that fail-safe at the QB position if something were to happen. But I think Jarrett Stidham is more than a fail-safe. I think he's a guy that could be a guy. He could be a dude, you know, however you want to say it. He could be a starter in the NFL. And if that's the case, you need to go out at training camp and attack it like a starter and be getting starter quality headlines. Last week at minicamp, Sean Payton said something about Jonathan Cooper, how he's important towards what they want to do. You go back to the NFL scouting combine. Uh, I don't even know if it was the scouting combine. I think it was after. I think it was the league owners meetings because, yeah, scouting combine was before the NFL free agency. You go to the league owners meetings. Jarrett Stidham was brought up by Sean Payton. He was asked, you know, why, why him? And he says that we feel like he's on an upward trajectory as a true number two. We like the things that we saw, but he also said that he's important to us. He's, you know, we view him as very important to us. So for me, there is something that he sees and does that put pressure on Russell Wilson? Maybe a little bit, right? But you know, at the end of the day, we have to wait for training camp to get here. We got to see preseason. We got to see in-game regular season reps with Russ as he turned things around. Like he's certainly training to do that. He's hoping to have a better year this year. But if he's not getting it done, could Jarrett Stidham be the guy that comes in and maybe pushes him? That's something you want to at least have answered in the preseason or by the conclusion of the preseason. That way, you know, hey. If something goes wrong, we can make a change, and who knows what's going to happen Broncos country. The NFL is widely unpredictable, but one thing is for certain, we're here for you every single day. Lockdown Broncos, one thing that is predictable is you can expect a brand-new episode every single day. Our conversation is going to continue here on terms of offensive players who we want to see break out at training camp. We're going to dive deeper into the reasons why, especially with a former undrafted rookie free agent wide receiver. Why might he be in the mix? You'll get that on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there, FanDuel Sportsbook. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now, new customers, they get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash on to join today. If you don't watch baseball and you're strictly in the realm of football and you want to know some Broncos props that are going on out there, obviously FanDuel has win totals for the Denver Broncos set at eight and a half. Do you think they're going to hit the over on that? Do you think they're going to hit the under on that? FanDuel lets you place money on the action to check out if that's what you want. If you feel Denver's going to go over eight and a half, you can capitalize on it. You think they're going to go under? There's also odds for that as well at FanDuel Sportsbook. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. It's going to be really tough to crack this Denver Broncos roster at the wide receiver position, especially, you know, those back end of the, the roster guys, Cody. And I think that we have a number of players on this team. We've discussed, we talked about Jalen Virgil. We've talked about uh, Kendall Hinton and we've talked about KJ Hamler and, and Marquez Callaway. But what about Brandon Johnson, right? What about this guy who last year at training camp and preseason, I mean, Brandon Johnson, his name kept popping up, making plays. And then he suffers that really unfortunate, just the, the worst possible timed injury there at the end of the preseason. Reminded me, Cody, a little bit of uh, Lorente McRae. Remember that when he was having a huge preseason for the Broncos? And then he just all of a sudden he, he was out that last preseason game and we're like, oh, my gosh. I think the Broncos even actually benched a guy. Uh, they benched uh, 
a pass rusher in the preseason after that point. Somebody in the comments, let me know. They're, they didn't play. I think it was Malik Reed. They didn't play him at the end of the preseason, so he didn't get hurt. I think it was after. I don't know if it was directly related to. I'm on a tangent here, Cody. The point is Brandon <laughs> Johnson, the wide receiver. I like this guy. I want to know what you think of him, what you've seen from him this offseason. Does he still have some chemistry with Russ? What are your thoughts on him being a potential training camp breakout guy? When we talk about the Broncos depth at wide receiver right now, I think we look at the top six and, and spitball here. Let me know if you agree with me or disagree with me. Portland Sutton, Jerry, in no particular order, Portland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, Marvin Mims, Marquez Calloway, KJ Hamler. That's six. That's got to be the top six here, at least on paper right now for this team, which for us thinking, okay, hey, you're going to go in the regular season with six guys. You'll probably have three or four wide receivers on the practice squad ultimately when it's all said and done because they're expanded rosters now going forward, which is a great idea. Where can Brandon Johnson maybe step in? And this is kind of where my take is in terms of Brandon Johnson. I, you know, I, you and I have talked about this ad nauseum on this show. There are certain positions you can never have enough guys at, right? And I think last year, maybe we were hoping that Denver had a little bit more at the wide receiver position than they did, right? Because you lose Tim Patrick in training camp. You have a couple of weeks where you don't have Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton. You also lose out on KJ Hamler at one point of the season. So you are relying on guys like Kendall Hinton to be your wide receiver one when Jerry Judy is, you know, not in the lineup when Cortland Sutton is out too. Cause there was some time where they, they each missed some time alternated there. Then you had Jalen Virgil, right? And then Brandon Johnson. And I think in the regular season, going back to what you talked about, Brandon Johnson last year was kind of the Broncos preseason stud mm -hmm. and star. Jalen Virgil, you can also make a similar argument to it as well. But for Brandon Johnson, that injury definitely derailed things a little bit. And then he got released. And we were sitting here wondering, like, oh, geez, what's going to happen? Like, some other team's going to come in and scoop up Brandon Johnson. Luckily, it never happened. He made his way back to the Broncos practice squad and then saw some action throughout the season. And I, I think he's going to have to emerge himself a little bit more into a special teams role. But I think if you look at a guy that, you know, if, if a guy's injured or not a hundred percent, right? Like as Tim Patrick continues to make progress, Brandon Johnson could play inside the role that Tim Patrick has. He's done it before. So for me, you got a guy like Tim Patrick working behind the scenes, who's worked with these guys since last year. It, it makes sense that he's learning that role that Tim Patrick has helped him learn that role as well, but he needs to go out there. And I think, Without a shadow of doubt, look, there, there might be a chance if he goes out and balls out, he makes the 53-man roster. It depends on what Sean Payton wants, what Sean Payton values. And new wide receiver coach Kerry Colbert is going to have an entirely different perspective or maybe his own bias that maybe we didn't get to see here when Zach Azani was here, right? Maybe that'll be a little bit of a different wrench to throw into the training camp evaluation. But ultimately, worst case scenario, and, and it could even be a good case scenario here for Denver, Brandon Johnson Balls out in the preseason. Look, there's going to be some other teams that will probably look at the Broncos and look at some other teams around the NFL. But if Brandon Johnson, let's say, doesn't make the active roster, gets cut, and is able to come back on the practice squad, Sarah, I'll tell you this. I think that's important. I think that right there is a good value move here for the Broncos here. Brandon Johnson, I want to see him go out, and I want to see him prove it because he's going to work with a multitude of quarterbacks. Russ, he's worked with him. He's going to work with Stidham. He's going to work with Danush. He's going to work with Jared Gorantano. So how if a guy is balling out with four different quarterbacks in the preseason, Sarah, that to me I think gives you a bit of an insight. Hey, this guy's kind of a, a guy who could play with anybody. It doesn't matter who's under center here for the team. 
I love the idea of that as well. Just being able to go out there and produce for all those guys to help their roster chances as well. And specifically for guys like you mentioned, Guarantano and Ben DiNucci as well. Interesting factoid here, Cody. I can't remember if they were all part of the same exact class, but all of Jarrett Guarantano, Brandon Johnson, Marquez Callaway, and then former Bronco Jonathan Kongbo were all part of, I believe, of the same recruiting class at Tennessee, recruited uh, those wide receivers recruited by Zach Azani at the time. But kind of an interesting little factoid there. And Guarantano, I believe, was the highest rated of them all. But it would be uh, fascinating to see those two guys kind of have a little preseason connection, wouldn't it? After all that history there with them being in the same recruiting class and being at that Tennessee program. And then both of them ended up transferring away. Kind of just there's a lot of little nuggets about these guys that just it deepens their story, too. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, Brandon Johnson. He's got a like a basically a no man's number 89. Sorry if you wore number 89 when you play, but it's like you wear number 89 anymore as a wide receiver. You might as well be. Hey, slap a practice squad sticker on my helmet right now. But he wears 89 out there. Who's the last great uh, wide receiver to wear that number? I can't. I could Steve Smith. Steve Smith, probably. Yeah. yeah. Tell us in the comments. That sounds right. (laughs) Steve Smith. I don't even remember. But no, I I I mean to to that point though, it's like you get that number, you're the underdog immediately, right? You're wearing 89. You might as well be wearing 49 out there as a wide receiver. And it's like the the odds are against you. You know, you got to go make plays for all these different quarterbacks. You got to understand their timing, their rhythm. You got to understand what they like. You got to understand, like you said. The, the Tim Patrick role, the different roles in the offense. Can you play those? If Brandon Johnson can do that, Cody, I think he stands a really good chance. If if not making the practice squad, maybe even push the team to keep a, a seventh receiver. Who knows how they're going to structure things or what's going to happen. But, I mean, it, it, would, it would be fascinating. I think he's definitely one of those guys that he's worthy of kind of that attention. I wish we could fast forward from like this point and just have it in our head. Okay, this is how the Broncos active roster is going to look. And it would be great to maybe like travel in the future and say, oh, wow, like this is crazy. And then come back here and rip off some wild takes about mm-hmm. what it could be. Right. And then, you know, back to the future stuff. I would love that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a good problem to have right now. Usually in training camp, you have the most dudes at the wide receiver position. And right now that's the one position outside of offensive line and totality where Denver has the most guys overall at that position. So we'll see Broncos country. Let us know your thoughts in the comment section down below on YouTube. If you're watching there, you can always tweet us. If you're listening, wherever you get your podcasts on Twitter at Cody work NFL at Sarah Bettinger at locked on Broncos. We go from one undrafted rookie free agent to talking about another undrafted rookie free agent that we want to see break out during NFL training camp and the preseason to maybe solidify a roster spot for himself. We'll talk deep into this year's potential undrafted gem. You'll get that on today's episode Locked on Broncos. Go head on over and check out the Locked on Nuggets podcast post parade celebration and some talks about Bruce Brown, free agency, maybe some reaction as well from Adam Adas and Matt Moore about the Phoenix Suns orchestrating a trade for Bradley Beal. Does that change the optics of the Denver Nuggets? Make sure you go check out Locked on Nuggets wherever you get your podcast or available on YouTube for all the championship celebration and to set the table for a little bit of a preview of next year with your Denver Nuggets. Undrafted rookie free agents tend to be the gems that we talk about here on this show 
Overall, through the course of the last few years, Sarah and I have done episodes of Lockdown Broncos where we highlight a player, and all of a sudden that player goes out and balls out. Not saying that we're the reason for that, but just it's always important to keep an eye on the guys that maybe nobody's talking enough about. And when you look at one position, Sarah, on this offensive side of the ball that everybody's talking about, but not talking about the one guy we want to talk about here, that is Jaleel McLaughlin, the undrafted rookie free agent. And overall, when we talk about running back, I say Broncos running back right now. Everyone thinks Javante Williams, Samaj P. Ryan, right? Those are the solidified 1A, 1B guys there. It, it, I don't think it's a stretch at this point, considering where Javante's at as he continues to make progress, Samaje being where he's at as well as a guy who can be a starter if they need him to. Denver needs to ideally, if it were up to me at least, they need to have three running backs on the active roster this upcoming season. So if that's the case, who needs to ball out during training camp to really kind of solidify themselves as that true RB3? For me, I think we absolutely must take a look at Jaleel McLaughlin, the NCAA's all-time leading rusher, a guy who is a flash in the pan. And I hate making comparisons to certain players, right? Because I think it's easy to say, oh, this guy compares to this guy. It's Everybody's different. But in terms of like if you were to look at maybe a speed style or a play style, I mean, Jaleel McLaughlin plays a lot like Darren Sproles. And if anything, there was a guy, didn't Darren Sproles play for Sean Payton at one point in his career? Oh, yeah, he, he knows did. what he's Absolutely. looking for, and Jalil has the the attributes to be a pass-catching back out of the backfield. He's elusive on the ground, literally can plant his foot and change direction in a snap of a finger. I saw it at OTAs. I saw it at minicamp, and I'm like, I need to see this guy in training camp. I need to see this guy in preseason. If he can piece it all together the way that I've seen certain things, Sarah, he may be the running back three here. Cody, I was just thinking, I, I didn't write this on the script because I wanted to challenge myself when we talked about it. <laughs> I wanted to see how many time, how many running backs that went undrafted in their rookie seasons that produced at a high level that I could think of off the top of my head. And off the top of my head, here's what I got. I got Philip Lindsay, obviously, Broncos fans. That's a that's a no-brainer. I got Arian Foster, who I drafted his rookie year, yeah. out of, you know, when he came out of college. And then I got uh, Pierre Thomas as well, who we've mentioned on this show, who, you know, not coincidentally played for the New Orleans Saints and Sean Payton, where he, he's not afraid to do these kinds of things, right? He's not afraid to put those undrafted backs on his roster. And the Broncos haven't been afraid of putting the undrafted players on their roster. So it's it's one of those things. And, and uh, here's something you need to keep in mind. Sean Payton did a little humble bragging about the undrafted free agent success that he and the New Orleans Saints have had over the years. Like the Broncos streak there, I think it was like, what, 14, 15 years at one point in a row of a guy making it. And now it's like, 17 of eight. I don't know. Somebody in the comments, give us the official number. It's like a large percentage, maybe one or two times in the last 20 years. It didn't happen. The, the new Orleans saints had more undrafted free agents make it in his 15 years on the job there than any other organization in the NFL. So it's not just about, did you have one on your 53 at the start of the season? It's like he had more guys, more undrafted players making his team over 15 years than any other coach in the league. And you, I guarantee you, you're talking to the all-time NCAA leading rusher on the phone. You're like, hey, buddy, just want to let you know uh, more undrafted players have made it under Sean Payton than any other coach over the last 15 years. He's probably thinking to himself, hmm, 
you know, that's a that's a pretty good odds for me. That's that's a pretty good chance that I might be able to do something. I like what you've told me about Jaleel McLaughlin, Cody, and the things that he's showing out there. The speed, that's something the Broncos don't have from Javante Williams and Samaj P. Ryan. Obviously, compared to me, those guys are very fast. But but relatively speaking, we need some more speed in that room. That's why we talk about the Tyler Beatys of the world. That's why we talk about Jaleel McLaughlin. Cody, I think he's one of these guys like he is going to become a fan favorite rather quickly in the preseason over the course of training camp. I think the bigger thing, too, for a guy of his size, right? How does he do in pass protection at the NFL level? I I think that we're going to see the rushing ability. We're going to see the receiving ability from him. The bigger question I think we're all going to have, how is he in pass pro? Because regardless of your size, you have to be able to do it. And I think that was one knock against Philip Lindsay was he wasn't much of a pass catcher out of the backfield, but also he, you know, he struggled a little bit in pass protection because he's undersized. But there were times where Philip Lindsay dogged people in pass protection. So it's just about understanding the right angles. You have a new running back coach, obviously, in Lou Annie, who understands how to teach. He's a great teacher. And I've heard nothing but rave reviews about him all throughout Broncos, OTAs, mandatory minicamp, rookie minicamp. He's a coach that a lot of people have their eye on in the building. So Broncos country, you need to keep your eye on him as well. But overall, he's going to have to beat out Tony Jones Jr. He's going to have to beat out, obviously, Tyler Beatty as well, who had a little bit of a special performance last year. His first NFL touch goes for a touchdown. Jalil is going to have to piece together some consistency in training camp. And look, for running backs as well, it's not like you're keeping a scorecard essentially. But, you know, I say if you're a guy like Jalil, you know, you miss a block in pass protection during training camp. Obviously, that's going to come against you. But let's say like if Tony Jones Jr. or Tyler Beatty, if they fumble the ball, how does Sean Payton evaluate some of those mistakes? Does he look at pass protection as the bigger one or ball security, which to me, I think for anybody, you think at the top of your head, ball security is the more important thing. Can he also protect that? Can he cover the nose of the football? I mean, if you're the NCAA's all-time leading rusher, you know what you're doing. You know a thing or two because you've seen a thing or two in your career. And hopefully that can be the case here for Jaleel McLaughlin, who really rounds out our three offensive players that Sarah and myself, we want to see breakout during Broncos training camp. We've talked about Jared Stidham. We've talked about Brandon Johnson. And then now, obviously, Jaleel McLaughlin. Broncos country, are there three players that we didn't mention on the offensive side of the ball that as you're listening to the show, you're like, you know, I want to see these players break out. If that's the case, if you're watching on YouTube, comment it down below the three players you want to see break out on the offensive side of the ball at training camp. Or if you're listening, wherever you get your podcast, make sure you tweet it as well on Twitter. Loki wanted to stop in there once again, making an appearance on the podcast at our new apartment. He's freaking out. Do you like running backs? Apparently not. Loves he does not like loves them. I don't know no. why he doesn't like running backs there, but folks, he doesn't like running backs. We appreciate you so much for rocking with us here. Locked on Broncos, the off season. This is the hardest part of the off season for so many people because there isn't really any Broncos news going on. We will keep it fresh. We'll talk about things that maybe nobody else is talking about. That's one thing you can expect here every single day as we lead up to our training camp position previews. When we're two weeks away, we're going to begin. We have every single position, every training camp battle, every storyline to watch that position exclusively. You're going to get all that breakdown here, Lockdown Broncos. Until then, we're going to keep you covered with everything freshness. So tomorrow's episode of the show, for all you everydayers out there, what you can expect, three players on the defensive side of the ball for the Broncos that we want to see break out for training camp. We'll dive deeper to that and much more on tomorrow's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. We'll see you then.